Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Every once in a while, I just feel like connecting with listeners and telling them about something that's been on my mind, something that may have been in the news, something that may have come up in a conversation, something that I may overheard someone say that troubled me. Today, it's sexual harassment. As a woman of a certain age, I've had my share of harassing behavior or exposure to harassing behavior, but I was brought up to deal with such behavior a certain way. My father and my two brothers and the environment as the only daughter, that environment made me stand up for myself. I'm glad I did because harassing behavior is usually behavior that comes from bullies. Now, bullying is a separate topic and one that we may get to one day in the near future and devote an entire podcast to bullying. But today, I'm more laser focused on sexual harassment, sexually inappropriate behavior. A few years ago, several years ago, I began to listen to sports media. I don't watch the games because they're too exciting. And I may have told you that in a previous podcast. But Recently, I learned of a situation where the GM of a major league baseball team had engaged in sexually inappropriate behavior toward a woman. And this inappropriate behavior took place several years ago. This was not something that had occurred yesterday or last week. And I thought to myself, I bet there are going to be people who say, it's not right that he lost his job. Now, he did lose his job. He was fired. Now, I don't know the particulars, nor is it any of my business. But whenever a person engages in inappropriate sexual behavior toward another person, if the person, the victim, the target, however you want to characterize the person that is the object to whom the sexually harassing behavior is directed, that person can raise it whenever he or she chooses to. Now, I say he or she because men can be sexually harassed too. 
it's not gender specific. And we will get into that a little later on. But as I read about what had transpired in this situation, this Major League Baseball situation, I thought to myself, we really do need to change the culture. With everything else that's going on in the world, the pandemic, racial and social injustice, uh, people being really angry about what's going on in America, I decided that now is the time to talk about sexual harassment. And what can we do to change a culture in which sexually harassing behavior is given life, given energy, given fuel? Now, just because we don't hear about it as much as we used to doesn't mean that it's slinked away. It's gone off and hidden under a rock. I don't think that's true. But there are things that we can do to change a culture in which men and women who may not be able to stand up for themselves are victimized by people in power, people who are bigger than they are, people who may have a better job than they have. We need to change our culture. We need to make sure that daughters, wives, sons, husbands are not victimized by people who wield power, wield size, wield the ability to intimidate verbally, who are really small people when you look at them, if not their size, if not their voice, their mind. Because anyone who tries to intimidate anyone to get them to do their bidding is, in my opinion, a small-minded person. But what I want to do is I want to talk about how we can change the culture. What can we do to change the culture? Now, a few years back, the hashtag MeToo and hashtag Time's Up movements were emblematic of a climate change a climate change about sexual harassment. But as I said, we don't hear about those movements that much anymore. But those movements were instrumental in shining the light on sexual harassment. And that's what I want to do now. I want to talk about how we can change things. And I think we can begin by having mutually respectful dialogues that identify examples of conduct and behavior that's simply unacceptable, that's offensive and otherwise unacceptable. We can ask male and female friends of various demographics, races, religions, genders, gender expression, what they consider appropriate and what they consider inappropriate We need to know these things. We need to have these discussions so people, men and women, know what the boundaries are. They know what the boundaries are because they've been identified. And because they've been identified and because they're people, let's call them people with a sense of integrity. I started to say people with good sense, but I'll clean it up. People of integrity, they will respect those boundaries. One of the main cautions that I tell anybody who will listen. If you want to avoid being accused of sexual harassment, keep your hands to yourself if you're in close proximity to the person. That means do not touch 
do not touch the person. And that includes any part of the body, arms, legs, buttocks, hair, no touching, men and women. Someone said to me, oh, but I'm a hugger. Stop it. Everyone doesn't welcome hugs. Some people do, some people don't. If you feel that you have to hug, ask permission. You do not want to find yourself in the unenviable position of having to explain or apologize. Now, this was something new to me. I've always heard of the golden rule. That was my father's mantra. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. But there's a platinum rule that I didn't know about. Treat people the way they would like to be treated. Now, for me, that's kind of difficult because you may not always know how they would like to be treated. You won't know if you don't ask them. So if you don't know how they want to be treated, fall back, default to the golden rule. Treat them the way you'd like to be treated as a everyday, ordinary person. Now, if you're into things that we don't want to talk about now, you know that everybody's not into that. This is, you know, let's say people who are everyday, ordinary people. Now, hopefully where you work, they have an anti-harassment policy and complaint procedure that contains a comprehensive outline of what you should do if you feel harassed, sexually harassed or otherwise. And they have a zero tolerance for harassment. Now, hopefully this policy informs people, gives them examples so they know what conduct is not appropriate and the policy is distributed to all employees so that everyone who's employed knows what conduct they should avoid. Now, not only should employees be aware of the policy, the company's policy, third parties, clients, consultants, and vendors should also be aware of the policy. And they should know that your employer will not countenance violations of their sexual harassment policy. The policy should be enforced consistently with no exceptions. Now, it should also provide several ways to complain. You should be able to file a complaint with HR, with your supervisor, if the supervisor is not the person that you're complaining about. You can complain to another manager if the policy so provides, as long as that manager is not someone that you're complaining about. And if the manager or supervisor is not in the victim's chain of command. Employers should make it easier for people to come forward with uh, claims and charges of sexual harassment. Now, one thing for sure, every employee, no matter what level, whether vice president or the lady or male that works in the cafeteria, every employee should have harassment training. There should be no exceptions. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about a non-traditional example of sexual harassment. Now, I may read part of it because I want to make sure I get all the facts in. A supervisor was found guilty of sexual harassment after first grabbing a female employee by the arm and escorting her back to her workstation. Now, there was no sexual interaction between these two people. They weren't involved. He wasn't hitting on her. He just put his hands on her 
and told her to go back to her workstation because it was the busiest time of the year in that workplace. The lady, the woman, was not having any of that. She went to court, municipal court, and filed an assault charge against him, and she prevailed. The court found him guilty. A year later, by happenstance, a year later, almost to the day, in the same month, a year later, they happened to collide as one was going up the stairs and the other was coming down the stairs and around the corner. They collided. She sued for sexual harassment because it was the second unwelcome touching. The law says that employers, once they find out about sexual harassment, they must stop it. The woman alleged that because she was a woman, he pulled her the first time. That was the first touching. So even if the second touching colliding as they turned the corner was by accident, it was still the second touching. Now, another example, a male supervisor is aggressively sexually harassed by a female subordinate. He doesn't report the employee's conduct. Now, this is his direct report that is harassing him. She's being sexually aggressive toward him and he's not having it. He's not interested. She is sexually harassing her manager, but he doesn't report it. Sometimes men feel that they should be able to handle it themselves. Sometimes men are hit on by women in power in a higher level job than they, and they feel that they can't go to HR to report it or it'll make them look unmanly. I'm telling you, if anyone puts the moves on you, if anyone hits on you, if you feel that you are the subject of unwelcome sexual conduct, you report it and let the chips fall where they may. So this manager is being sexually harassed by a female subordinate. It's not funny. It's really kind of sad. And he doesn't report it, as I said. Rather, he attempts to address it himself and resolve the matter because after all, he is the manager. So don't think male employees are not sexually harassed by female co-workers. They are. Now, if employees do not come forward to complain about what happens to them and what they see or hear happens to others, anti- harassment policies and complaint procedures are worthless. Now, in the case of the manager that was being harassed, he lost his job because he didn't report it. When the powers that be above him conducted an investigation, he's the supervisor. He's a management person. He acts on behalf of the company. He didn't do his job. He tried to handle it. It didn't get handled. So if you're working and you witness sexually harassing conduct, what do you do? Do you mind your business or do you step up? I submit to you that consider what you would want someone to do if they saw someone harassing you or if you saw someone harassing someone you cared about. What do you do? Hopefully, you'll step up. If you don't feel comfortable approaching the person that's victimizing someone else, go get help. You can tell by a person's body language, demeanor, whether or not they're in trouble, whether or not they're uncomfortable, whether or not the attention that they're receiving is welcome. Eye contact, facial expressions are additional indicators. If someone is acting uncomfortable or asks the behavior to stop, 
listen and heed, heed those verbal and nonverbal warnings. Do not ever ridicule anyone who's complaining. You only make it worse. No one should be made to feel small or inadequate because they find such conduct unwelcome. If you can't be a bystander that intervenes, and everyone can't, and that's okay, you should, you must find someone who can intervene. We can help each other in these kind of environments in real time, rather than waiting for a protracted investigation that may make matters worse and may cause division in the workplace. But we have to do something. The conduct must be stopped. It must be. Bystander intervention is about speaking up and supporting each other. If you see something, say something. If you can't do something, find someone who can. Even if it's a male manager who's receiving sexual, persistent sexual overtures and propositions, as I described earlier, don't try to handle it yourself. Go get somebody because I'm telling you, you may not be able to stop it. It may continue and it may escalate into something that you don't expect and you surely do not want. Now, one of the things I like to talk about are love contracts. Now, a lot of people don't think that they're effective, but I think that why not? A love contract isn't a silver bullet, but it's a beginning. You, the people, if you're involved in a romantic relationship with someone that you work with, both of you go to HR or the appropriate person and you identify You tell people, you tell the person in HR or your supervisor that Sally and I are in a consensual relationship and Sally and I are getting married and I'm Tim and I say, we just want to create a love contract so there's no confusion. This is a consensual relationship. That's what a love contract is about. They get married. That's fine. So another another couple comes in And Jane says, Bobby and I are in a consensual relationship. Bobby says, I love her. We're getting married. Now, it just so happens that Bobby is Jane's supervisor. They don't get married. They don't part as friends. It's very acrimonious. What happens? Well, somebody sues somebody for sexual harassment, but I've got a love contract. Now, it's not a silver bullet, as I said, but they both came, I self and identified that they were in a relationship. What are you going to do? At least it's an indication that at some point it was consensual. Relationships go south all the time. But at one point, they were on the same page about their relationship and there was no pressure, at least according to what they told the employer. It's some kind of protection. Now, there are things that we can do to avoid creating a toxic working environment after allegations of sexual harassment are raised. The first thing, if you hear about allegations of sexual harassment or that an investigation is going to be conducted, first, do not rush to judgment about either party involved. Do not immediately conclude that the man is wrong 
and the woman is right or vice versa. Do not lead to conclusions before the investigation is completed. Do not make either one of the parties a pariah. Do not make them feel, do not shun them. Do not gossip and whisper behind their backs. You want to try to maintain basic civility to encourage people to come forward, to be respectful of the process and of the people involved and of co-workers who may be asked to testify or be interviewed during the investigation. Now, there's some myths about, some misconceptions about sexual harassment. Let me say this. Sexual harassment is not funny, lewd, profane conduct and language and off-color jokes are not humorous. Sexual harassment is not a joke and it's no laughing matter, especially if you are the subject of a harasser's focus. No one likes to be a victim. Employers who don't take complaints of sexual harassment or any form of harassment seriously, they're going to have problems. But their call. Right now, they take it seriously. That Major League Baseball owner, and he's a new owner, and he said zero tolerance. He is trying to maintain a certain level of integrity in his ball club. Amen for that. Another myth, another fallacy. Sexual harassment is not easy for victims to avoid. And bottom line, they don't have to. They do not have to be subjected to such conduct, nor should they. And I'm sorry. I realized that the way I was brought up, my father wanted to make sure that I could take care of myself. And I can. I have been able to load these many years. Everyone doesn't have the same kind of personality that I have. Everyone is not capable, able to stand up for themselves. Sometimes people need a little help. And if, as I said before, if you see someone who seems vulnerable, who is being subjected to unwelcome advances, try to step in. If you can, if you can do so safely, if you can't, if you can, and that's a judgment call, go to HR. Now, sometimes men and women in workplaces Harass people by making persistently offensive comments about the other sex in general. Either women are stupid or dumb, or women are only good for one thing, or make comments about a male's good looks, a male's good six ab body. Some of these people think that because in their mind, these statements are positive, that it's okay. It isn't okay. Sexually harassment conduct does not have to be endured or tolerated. That's the third myth. You do not have to put up with it. Report it. Fourth, sexually harassing conduct or behavior should be ignored by victims and coworkers. Don't ignore it. No one has to live or work in that kind of environment. It should be stopped. And as I said, the fifth one, it's not just limited to women. Men can be sexually harassed too. The victim and the harasser can also be of the same gender. 
And the harasser can be the victim supervisor, a supervisor in another area, a co-worker, or someone who isn't even an employee of the employer, such as a client or a customer, as I mentioned earlier. Many times, but not always, but many times, power is a factor in sexual harassment. So as women climb career ladders and shatter glass ceilings, they should take care not to abuse their power and authority. Quite simply, anyone who has power should not abuse it. Everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity in and out of the workplace. The little niceties, they count. Listen, watch. Wouldn't you want someone to create a harassment-free working environment for your wife, your daughter, your niece, or other female loved one? Or your son, your husband, your father? No one wants anyone that they care about subjected to unwelcome sexual advances. Now, One of the things I decided to do was just to give you a little quiz. I'll give the questions and the answers, but at least you'll have some frame of reference. True or false, sexual harassment in the workplace is a form of workplace discrimination. That is true. It is a form of workplace discrimination and it is prohibited by federal law, Title VII, And usually there's also a state law that prohibits it. The next one, number two, sexual harassment is a violation of state and federal laws. I just answered my own question. True or false? If your intentions are good, your behavior cannot be considered sexual harassment. False. It doesn't matter what your intentions are. Intent is irrelevant. That bears repeating. Intent is irrelevant. Asking a coworker for a date is not sexual harassment. True. Asking alone is not sexually harassing. Asking a coworker for a date is not sexual harassment. However, if you repeat the behavior after being told that your attention is unwanted, it could be considered or become sexual harassment. So if she says, he or she, she says no on the first time, don't go back. Don't go back. Stay away. Stay away. Now, if you ignore behavior of sexual harassment, it will ultimately stop or go away. That is false. It needs to be addressed immediately. Okay. Now, let's see. It is not important to tell someone to stop unwanted behavior because it usually doesn't do any good. You need to tell them to stop. If you don't tell them to stop, they won't know that it's unwelcome. I mean, you may be frowning, but if you don't tell them, they really may not know. So you must tell them. Telling someone that their behavior is unwanted or offensive is an important first step in stopping sexual harassment. You must tell them. If you can't tell them, and some people, whether it's cultural or something else, if you can't tell them, then you need to go to talk to someone in HR because they may come back to you again. And that's only going to make you feel worse because you're going to feel pressure. Let's see. What else? Men as well as women may be either the perpetrators or the victims of sexual harassment. 
true. Years ago, I was doing a segment on court TV and a man called in and he sounded like he was, say, under 30 or around 30, maybe 30, 40. But, you know, I didn't think he was over 40. And I was surprised because it was a sexual harassment segment. So I asked him, how could I help? And he told me that he was being his boss. His female boss was hitting on him and he didn't know what to do. He's married. He loved his wife. He didn't want to engage in any extramarital affair and he needed his job. What should he do? And he said that his friends, when he talked to his friends about it, his male friends, they laughed at him and said, man, what's your problem? You know, you've got the best of both worlds. But he was faithful to his wife and he needed some guidance. And I told him, I would suggest that you politely tell the lady that I wanted to say that you don't roll like that, but that you're not interested, that you're flattered, but you're not interested and you're committed to your wife and you're in a committed relationship. You're married. And if nothing else, it's against your religion, whatever you have to say, but you say it nicely, but firmly and look her in the eye when you tell her that you are not interested. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't know whether it worked because I never heard from him again. Uh, Sexual harassment may include actions by members of the opposite sex as well as members of the employee's own sex. That's true. As I mentioned, it can be same-sex sexual harassment or male against female, female against male. Let's see. Maybe this will be the last one. Sexual harassment complaints must be in writing before an investigation will be initiated. That's false. Sexual harassment complaints do not have to be in writing before an investigation is initiated. All allegations of sexual harassment should be investigated in a prompt and thorough manner as confidentially as possible. Maybe one more. Sexual harassment is unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, and or other verbal visual or physical conduct that is sexual in nature. Oh, this is explaining what it is. That's right. It can be a request for sexual favors, sexual advances, verbal or visual or physical conduct of a sexual nature where the submission or rejection of such conduct is made either explicitly or implicitly a form, a term and condition, strike form, a term and condition of employment for an individual. This is not a legal course. I'm not giving you uh, legal advice, so I'm not going to go into the details. You should go online to find out about the different forms of harassment that the law protects. But I wanted to talk about it so that you know if anyone subjects you to that, especially in the workplace, there are laws to protect you. And I hope that you're never subjected to it because it can be emotionally debilitating depending on who it is and how it happens. And I salute Major League Baseball and especially the new owner of the New York Mets. It is a sign, hopefully, of a change or at least the beginning of a change in how women in sports media and elsewhere will be treated. Hopefully, more owners, more employers, will support the prohibition, the eradication of sexual harassment from our workplace. Thank you for listening. 
Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.